0: Good morning. This is Sunday, Ozarks at Large. I'm Kyle Kellams. I'm Goodman Strauss, math professor at the University of Arkansas. Back with me.
1: Hey, good morning, Kyle.
0: Welcome back. Uh, last week, you and Barry Sipra were talking about cards and a distribution card game where it doesn't matter how many cards you have, it doesn't even matter what the cards are. But if you, say, have two people, you distribute the cards, and whoever had the last card is then the dealer, that person takes only the cards dealt to that person, deals them out, and whoever had the last one tagged. is
1: tagged. And, and you go on until eventually someone has all the cards. Well, that's the question. Why must right. it always come back so that somebody always has the cards? And it's really quite amazing. We had a um, several people wrote us in with the correct uh, solution and uh, additional comments. And this is basically the reason why. So when you deal the cards out, okay, let's just, I've got a bunch of cards here. I'm sticking them on the table mm-hmm. here. I mean, there's some state. At, some, at every situation, there's, the cards are on the table. They're in some collection of piles, and somebody's the dealer, right? Mm-hmm. And that determines a particular state that the table's in. And each state leads to a unique next state because the dealer picks up the cards and deals them out, you know, and there you go. But now the key is is that each state also has a unique state that it came from, and the way we determine that is, okay, wherever the last card went, we can kind of think and that's backwards. that's the tag. Yeah. Wherever the right. tagged pile is, we can think backwards what must have been the state before that. We pick up a card from the tagged pile because mm-hmm. that was the last card dealt. Mm-hmm. And we pick up cards going backwards around the table as much as we can. And we can keep doing that until eventually we reach a pile where there's no cards to pick up. Well, right. that must have been precisely where the last dealer was. Right. Right. That right. Must, and so so from a particular state, there's only one other state it could have possibly come from. So each state leads to one unique state, came from one unique state. If you think about it, all the states, you know, we could think of like a grid or a, a chart of, you know, like all these little arrows leading from mm-hmm. one state to the next. Right. And and it might be that that forms a tree or some sort of complicated network or something. But it turns out just because every state has one arrow, go, every state came from one state and goes to one state that it must be a bunch of loops or paths just simple okay. not branch, no there's no branching behavior what at all now the key to this is um, the original deal the very first time we deal is mm-hmm. itself a state well, of course all the deal all the cards are in one pile at a particular spot and so that person picks up the cards and deals them out, and that leads to a state that leads to a state that leads to a state. Well, if all the states are on a on a on a path on a cycle, then mm-hmm. eventually you have to come back to the one you started from right otherwise there'd be branching that's it that 's the whole proof. So the, the so the reason they come back to one pile is that that was the state you started from, and he, and every state.
0: Now it may, depending on the
1: number of p- piles and the number of cards, it may take a long time. It may take a very very long time. So last week, for example, um, Barry mentioned six players and twenty five cards. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that turns out to be. I hope nobody really tried that out by hand because they're over. still doing it. They would be. It's still over. It's over fourteen. It's almost fifteen thousand tags required to play that out. But what's interesting is it. There is a linear route. That's right.
0: I mean, it will do that every time. You every just have to go time. through.
1: That's right. All those. Now there is a way to calculate the exact number that's required without actually going through all that trouble. At least for two players. Now for three or more players. Um, so far as I know, nobody really knows how to figure out what that number is without actually going through the process. But for two players, it's really interesting, and it's related to the Wicked King problem that we discussed. That was a few the weeks ago.
0: the problem with uh, thirteen chairs around a table. Mm-hmm. One of them's the the chair that sends you into it's a bad,
1: right. awful chair. And let's call that chair one. Mm-hmm. And the idea was, okay, for this one, we start with chair two always, okay. and the number of chairs is twice the number of cards plus one. So for example, with uh, we have two players that's fixed, and we have uh, nine cards. So we pretend that there's 19 chairs, mm-hmm. and we're starting with chair two. And then we just count along. It turns out that the number of tags is exactly the number of times that we double the chair number till we come back to either to the, either chair one to the left of the king or the right of the king, chair one or the, sec- the last chair. So um, So for example, we start two, four, uh, two, four, eight, 16, and then twice 16, but we're working 19, because right. we have 9. So 32, so it go to 13. Right, and so on, 26, well, that's um, seven. 7, and so forth. If that's exactly the... After 9 times we do that, we mm-hmm. come back to, um, I guess, Chair 1, I think. Okay. And, but it, but... However many times it takes to either come to chair one or the second-to-last chair, that's exactly how many tags are required. And that will be discussed on the website. That's really okay. pretty amazing.
0: So for two people, you can always, using this, we you have can a always, formula, basically.
1: Right. But once it's more than two people? We have no idea. I mean, I was just looking at this uh, myself, and it's just absolutely crazy. I mean, I, I don't see really any pattern. There might be one. There might well be one, and it might be that— People can come up with something, but um, it just looks kind of nuts.
0: So how does this all factor into the world of mathematics?
1: So the idea here is, again, that there's this principle that um, we have a very simple system that gives rise to highly complex and unpredictable behavior, and that's really a very important uh, thing that shows up all over the place, and we'll be discussing that over over a few weeks. Now, the word chaos came
0: up when you were talking, but it's not really chaos because— there is something definite
1: happening, right? Right. Well, it's determined. It's deterministic. It's determined. Uh, when pe- when scientists or mathematicians talk about chaos, there was a lot of discussion about that fifteen or so years ago. Um, they mean something very specific. It means that you have a, a system in which everything's determined, but that uh, small changes in the initial conditions, say the number of players or the number of cards, can lead to wild, wide, wildly divergent results. The uh, the The sort of impetus for this was um, Lorenz, who just died. He was a uh, a, um, meteorologist, and he coined the aphorism that, you know, perhaps a butterfly flapping its wings in Brazil could cause a tornado in Texas. Right,
0: just because of all the different random things at work.
1: Well, what he meant was that a very small change in initial conditions can lead to wildly different uh, results. And he just died, I think he was 102, 103, something like that.
0: It's kind of like on a soap opera. If character A does something to character B, you don't know where it's going (laughs) to wind up.
1: That's right. (laughs) Weeks later. Oh, I did want to say, please don't try this with a full deck of cards. I just want to just sort of mention, I did work out the numbers of of tags required for things. Okay. So, for example, if you have one player and 52 cards, well, you're done already. You're you're always the dealer. Yeah. yeah. So with two players, it's not so bad. Twelve deals will work out. But with three... It's 867 tags. And if you have four players and a full deck of cards, you're looking at 5872. 5,872 car- Wait, deals. So if tags. it was like
0: four people set up to play spades or hearts. Yeah.
1: And you play and instead of playing, deal,
0: you, you play this game. It's going to take you
1: how many? It's going to take almost 6,000 tags. <laughs> and each tag, okay. you know, you're dealing out all these right. cards. And then for five players, it's 91,000 tag deals. And for six, it's half a million, and seven, it's... Over a million and a half. So really, this this it's sounds crazy. like kind of an evil bar bet you could do with friends, though. Say, oh yeah, I bet you got you know because if they you might just, just believe it's impossible, oh, they that's won't a good point too. That they're gonna yeah. It'll
0: yeah. but back. eventually, no matter the number of people and the cards, I mean, it could be yeah. twenty players and five hundred cards. Yeah, it'll eventually come it'll come back to one pile. That's right.
1: I have no idea how long that.
0: Well, be. that don't try that at home. right.
1: <laughs> and so if anyone has more uh, comments, please put uh, send them to us or log on to the website and take a look um, and uh, we'll discuss it further there. All right, Hi, thanks a lot. Thank you.
0: I'm Goodman Strauss is math professor at the University of Arkansas.